everyone and welcome to um, the webinar again. So thank you all for making time for today's um, virtual um, virtual hug. So hopefully there's some takeaways here you guys can use in your everyday life. So I'm just going to share my screen here and get everything going. Cool. And while I'm at it, I just want to say kudos to Sam again for putting together one of the better presentations I've seen on HubSpot reporting. Uh, really well put together and you explained all the points very well, Sam. So uh, kudos and great hair as well, I have to say. That's <laughs> excellent. Okay, so um, firstly, so what we're going to talk about today, guys, really, is how marketeers can use sales tools to support their sales teams. And this is true, lots of all the automation you see in HubSpot. So um, just a brief introduction. Um, my name is Andy Munnelly. I'm a customer success manager here in Dublin. And this is what it looked like pre-lockdown when I was able to get a haircut. <laughs> but um, my background outside of HubSpot has primarily been in SaaS sales and consulting for companies such as DocuSign. And on a more personal note, I'm happy to spend them up a mountain. I'm supposed to be going to Japan in December to go hiking there, but we'll see what happens. But either way, I'm, I'm very excited, so cool. Um, an agenda for today, guys. So brief introduction, a little bit about me and a little bit about what we're going to cover today. Um, why workflows, why they're so important and how they can save you and your sales reps valuable time. I'm going to give you some actions to automate. As I said, hopefully you guys take some ideas, inspiration from this presentation today to use in your own companies. And then I'll be speaking briefly about some product updates you can actually use today in HubSpot. Cool. So firstly, why, why use the sales tools? Why use the sales tools available in HubSpot? So um, our, this is basically a big statistics slide, okay? So on average, salespeople only spend about 35% of their time actually selling, okay? Um, which is not why we, why companies hire salespeople. And, sorry, one second here. And why isn't this, there we go, perfect. So and of that, 27% of people who work in sales spend an hour or more a on a day on data entry. So anyone here who's ever worked in sales um, or knows anyone that works in sales will know this number looks very, very familiar, okay? Um, this is basically a big study that Inside Sales conducted a number of years ago and broke down rev time by these books, okay? So you can see kind of the, the big, big one here is admin tasks, general meetings, research, et cetera. And the two I'd like to focus on today are uh, admin tasks and general follow-up, okay? So, General follow-up is unavoidable. It really is a critical part of every sales rep process, uh, having that human touch. And there are certain ways you can automate it and help that. Um, one key way is with the sequences tool. So for those of you that aren't familiar with sequences, sequences, the sequence tool allows you to queue up emails to send out to a particular contact. They're really a one-to-one -one or one-to-few method of communication. And this can really help cut down on the, on the rep's follow-up and while still adding that human touch. So, but I'm not here to say speak to you about follow-up i'm here really to help you cut down on these admin tasks and how you can help your reps do that effectively and we're going to achieve this by using workflows so these allow just not for a faster and easier more um sales process but as importantly an accurate and reportable sales process as well so this really is the centerpiece of um the lead handoff procedure so there are many jobs in the world that robots are just better at than humans um, and you hire salespeople to do those jobs that robots are terrible at. So those uh, jobs include building relationships, having nuanced conversations, and you want to free up and empower your salespeople to be able to do those things. So before the robots come and take all of our jobs, 
let the robot do the work, okay? But while we still can, let the robot do some of the heavy lifting and free up the time for people, to let people do the job that they were hired to do. So this is gonna be the guiding star for our talk today, okay? And this may look quite familiar to a lot of you. Um, these are our life cycle stages in HubSpot. HubSpot chose these because if you squint and you kind of tilt your head, they usually resemble a standard business sales process. Um, as we talk about various things we can automate in HubSpot to make your reps life easier, uh, we'll try and map them to these progressive stages. Now we're gonna talk about the always glamorous, always exciting topic of updating properties. So <laughs> this is something that no rep enjoys doing and it's very time consuming and but really important. So those two factors make it a prime candidate for automation. And we're gonna cover three, three today, and the first of which is territory. This is a custom property. You need to create this in HubSpot. Um, this is really where the, the prospect is, is located in terms of their territory. I'll explain more in a second. And just a little helpful tip, if you are creating this property, if you are a B2B business, generally speaking, it makes more sense to have this property under company. And if you are a B2C business, makes more sense to have this under a uh, contact property. Cool, so this will happen typically at this stage, the very beginning of a lead's life cycle when you're trying to figure out what sales territory this lead belongs to. If you aren't automating this, it can be an intensely manual process. Usually a business will operate by region and not just a specific country, for example, EMEA, DAC, UKI, so it makes their life a little bit easier, okay? So, well, keep in mind here as well, so what, really what you want to do is you want to avoid the manual process here so you're not automating this so you don't have to search by state so if the marketer wants to do a campaign you don't have to search every single state or a rep has to filter candidates looking for every single state in their um in their bucket and same with country and most importantly same by postcode if you're looking uh, at doing this every time you want to build out a new campaign or a reps looking to reach out to certain contacts these postcodes this can be an intensely manual process of filtering contacts just to find them so I'm gonna show you guys how to build a really simple automation that does this for us. So um, if you create a territory property, you can effectively create a workflow that will have that property automatically updated to the appropriate territory, okay? So for those of you who aren't familiar with workflows, there are two key things here. Enrollment, so what are the criteria that makes this contact or company enter into that workflow? And then what are the actions you wanna take as a result of that enrollment? Okay, so you see here um, that whenever a contact, a company, the zip code is equal to any of these, we can have automation take place to update that contact or company property so the territory is equal zone A. So that could be EMEA, APAC, Northwest, whatever makes sense for you and your business. Now, I've talked a bit about life cycle stages already, and um, then we're gonna show you how to update them and make your lives a bit easier. So, as you go through qualification in HubSpot, there are really two types of qualifications. Um, one is qualified by a system, by, um, by a robot, and by using criteria and rules that define, okay, this is an MQL. And the second is uh, kind of a human qualified lead. We'll speak, we're speaking about this one for now. So how can we automate this process? So it's really easy to automate this process in HubSpot. Um, some of the logical rules that can automatically qualify a lead, um, you can have these automatically move forward to an MQL or SQL. So here are some usual examples. So form a submission, someone requests a consultation, uh, some requests a quote, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I'm gonna be HubSpot score as well. Um, and all these are or. So if one of these 
bits of logic are met and that person would change into an MQL. So the life cycle stages updated. Um, so, and then another property that is quite popular and people ask me to explain quite a bit is what's the difference between life cycle stage and lead status? So a life cycle stage, if you can imagine, is really a macro update where it tracks the, what's happening from a contact when they become a prospect all the way that company moving to a customer. And a lead status is more of a micro update. This is more the rep saying where they are in terms of their communication with that lead. Um, have they engaged them yet? Where are they engaging with them? Are they pulling in other stakeholders, et cetera? Now, what's really important as well, guys, is to create a suppression list. Whenever you create a workflow in a setting, there is the option to include a list. Anyone who's including that list in this list will not be included in the workflow. So you're probably thinking, great, um, this is updating um, lifecycle stages by a number of contacts or companies that I know are customers and I don't want to be them to include them in uh, this logic. So if there are known contacts who you don't want to be part of this workflow, uh, or as I said, existing customers, you can include them in a suppression list to ensure they're excluded and no action is taken against them. Very simply, they will be immune to being fed through the, the automation machine. So, and then on that always fun topic of creating lists, um, anytime a rep or a marketeer wants a list of their MQLs, one really easy filter, you can look at active list. Um, there are two types of lists in HubSpot, a static list, which is one which say you manually are manually add or remove contacts and then an active list which is a list that has a set of rules and will add and remove contacts depending on that list so this is an active list so when the life cycle stage is marking qualified lead then this will be an automatic list of your up-to-date market qualified leads in HubSpot cool and then the last property I want to talk about here is um, the contact company owner so this is effectively a re-signing workflow um, that divvying up um, leads to different reps Yes, so, once, so we, as we spoke about here, this qualified by system, and then we want to push it through to here. So we can we're going to assign these leads by region, and this can be where the value of automation can really come into play. So if you have those two workflows set up that we had a moment ago, um, you can set enrollment criteria. So if territory equals zone A, or EMEA, UKI, um, Northwest, and lifecycle stage equals MQL, then you can rotate the leads between all of your favorite office characters, or you can rotate them to your, your, your sales reps as well. In addition to this, and also on this note as well, um, a bonus of this is if a, so sometimes in a, particularly smaller companies, a manager wants to avoid being the quote unquote villain and having to decide who gets what leads, this automation completely removes that from the process and ensures it is completely fair because it's just done on a round robin basis. Um, and you will need to do these for each of your territories. For example, if territory equals EMEA, and live cycle stage MQL and rotate between these office characters. If it's in your quest or APAC, uh, then rotate between this team, etc. And just a note here as well, you can actually just automatically assign it to one particular owner as well. Maybe they're working one particular market or language or something else to that effect as well. And what's important, guys, is that so what will happen is they'll get a notification. Well, we get notifications all the time. Uh, I forget the number of notifications that you can get on your mobile phone a day, but it's, it's quite significant, so it's very easy to ignore notifications, which is why I would always suggest um, creating a task as well, which looks like this. So it means that when, the, when Jim or Pam or Ryan or Pete or Clark gets assigned the, the lead, a task will be created. So, and then this can be like follow up now, follow up in two days, or it can be a, a string of tasks as well. 
Cool. Um, now, guys, the always fun lead rejection. Okay, so this is, is pretty important. Um, so when leads become go from here to here, um, sometimes they can just fall off. They might not be a good fit. They could be a dozen reasons why they're not a good MQL uh, to pass forward. Now, in a lot of companies, there isn't a due process for finding out why the lead was rejected. There isn't really follow-up marketing to see why they received an unqualified lead. And there can't be, and vice versa as well. There can be, you know, little follow-up on marketing to sales to see, hey, why didn't they action these particular leads? So, but if you create a clear path to send those leads backwards, um, you can track these sort of things. And you can see the source of these unqualified leads. Is it a bit of automation that isn't making sense? Is it, um, is it, some, is it some marketing content that's not working? It may be a rogue rep is rejecting leads for no good reason. Uh, you can check on all of these as well. So in order to do this, we want to create a lead rejection drop-down property, okay? So it's just basically a property where we can mark when a lead is rejected. So we want to use this field to trigger automation so that our sales team will not need to update multiple fields or fill in multiple things to hand the lead back. So on a reason for rejection, it's not a field in HubSpot by default. You will need to create this. This is just some uh, inspiration for you guys to use. So we have like bad timing, six months, nine months, one year, low budget, whatever makes sense to your company. Um, as Sam said, these decks will be sent across. You can have a look at this as well. Now that we've done that, we can build the automation based on which reason the, the salesperson selects, okay? So if, for example, someone says, okay, um, you know, good lead, they, they fit the, the criteria. However, it's just bad timing. And they lost a recent investment or, Saying that's that effect, but whoever reach out back out to them in six months. Okay, so we can enroll them in a workflow that two months from now they'll receive a marketing email, four months, five months, and the sixth month that rep will receive a task to reach out again. And of course, if any actions taken in between here as well, the rep can reach out in the meantime as well. Cool. After speaking about tasks so much, I think it's only fair I show you how to create tasks. So, and why I think they're just much uh, more effective than notifications. So tasks, um, as I said, the, the kind of the guiding star here. So the tasks really are important with um, working across all, and they work across all of these stages. So the first step um, on kind of the importance of tasks for a sales rep is identifying on the marketing side your leads' important behaviors. Um, you want to. So this is just some examples here. Um, you want to see what are the updates your sales teams would like to get tasks about. So there are actions that people take that display high sales intent, or there might just be strategic times when you want a human touch. So for example, maybe someone registered for an event, or someone registered an event and didn't attend. That might be a good uh, call for action for a rep to reach out. Then once you've identified your leads and port behaviors, you can narrow this down and determine, as I said, which these behaviors create a task. And then when these go through, um, you can have as a task in, in HubSpot, you can have uh, integration with Asana, Salesforce, um, in Slack notifications, emails, et cetera. There are a number of different ways to warrant um, to send and notify a task to a, a rep at HubSpot. Cool. And in addition to this, guys, you also have automation. So whenever a deal enters a new stage, you can loop in an internal uh, stakeholder. So um, having worked previously as a rep, I know whenever we had a the deal go towards a pilot in one of my old companies that we needed to loop in a, a sales engineer or we might need to loop in legal depending. So you can have a, you can set up your deal pipeline so when someone enters into a certain stage, they get um, that, uh, that particular party, that sales engineer, that the legal team, 
we'll get a task or an email saying, hi, you need to reach out and perform X, Y, Z on this particular deal. Cool, uh, I know some stale deal alerts. So one of the kind of funny things about working in sales is that salespeople, and I included myself in this when I worked in sales, is that uh, there's some deals you hold on to that you you really should just let go. <laughs> let it go, you know? Um, but sometimes it can be harder to do that from the rep when they're at the cold face of it. So, so we're looking at this, how we can manage opportunities that, really looking at how uh, the opportunities that never became customers and how we can uh, manage those better. Yeah. So based on how comfortable your workflows, you could just use one or all three of these options, okay? So let me break these down for you, okay? So these are, once you see any one of these will trigger a task for a manager or a rep, okay? So kind of, kind of a simple one, uh, a deal stage has not been updated in X days, so they've been in demo scheduled for two months. Um, it's usually not a great sign, so a manager will get notified and a rep will get, will get notified. Uh, or alternatively, um, the deal was created uh, more than X number of days ago and the deal is still open. So this can be really relevant when you know your average time to close. So if your average time to close is 60 days, and this deal has been open for 70 days, it might make sense for the manager to be notified about this deal as well. So, uh, and before I go on to the last one, I'll make it very clear, this isn't a tattletale workflow. This is just uh, empowering the rep and the manager to work together to make sure the pipeline is clean and to make sure they're using their talents where they're used best on deals that are still alive. And then finally, um, when the close date was more than X days ago, and the deal is still open. So if the close date was for the 17th of June, but the deal was open until the 18th or 19th, then um, you can notify the manager and the sales rep as well. Now, speaking about the, the comeback kids, the win back opportunities, uh, everybody's favorite when they work in sales. So um, we're looking at the opportunities that said never became customers and the ones that kind of got away, okay? So how do we make them become customers in the end, okay? So I wanna do this by clarifying our closed loss process and identifying maybe what went wrong and how can we win them back in the future. So the first step in this process is to ensure we have a deal property to store information about why a deal was closed last. Okay, um, so we have a deal here, closed last reason. Um, this is an open text field, Dunler Miffin, damn it, Dunler Miffin, provided a 70% off discount, uh, and then we can have a drop down field here that gives us a closed last reason category as well, okay? So you have to add this into HubSpot manually, but you can pick and choose here. As you can see here, we've added in um, the top competitors and number of reasons as well. So this is really valuable information for looking at why deals were lost and you can then action stuff from this as well. Cool. Um, this is something that, um, what I've shown you there are kind of like our standard best practice, but really important workflows. There's some, hopefully some very actionable things you can take away. I'm gonna show you some more creative examples that a customer have actually shown me. So this is a lost point of contact workflow, okay? So as, let's say someone is now a customer. Fantastic, great, okay? Um, you're living in CSM dreamland. Um, you have wonderful hair like this guy. It seems to be a team of today, people with great hair. <laughs> um, and you have, but you have it, so you're at a CSM, you're working with a great point of contact in the company. They're a champion, they know everything, they really look after business, they know everything about your product, okay? but they're such a great employee that they get headhunted by another company and they're gone. So they move on to another company. Um, but you can create a left company tick box on the company record and just leave some notes, okay? So, so okay, uh, our champion left company, leave some notes, they left to go to uh, XYZ, okay? And what this can do then is being pretty savvy here, you can create a 
trigger to, to um, that would task your sales rep. Wait a couple of weeks, let her settle in, and then connect with her and leverage that relationship. And maybe you can turn that negative into a positive instead of having lost a key kind of point on contact in with your customers. You're actually gaining a new logo, which would be great. So, guys, um, I really hope there was a lot of actionable takeaways. You can look at that and go, okay, this is perfect. This actually is makes sense. My business is something I can do here to take away. Um, and on that, then I want to speak about our kind of our new product features okay so there's some really exciting features that were rolled out in the last couple of months and like word to the wise with inbound coming up to september there's some really cool features coming out i think you're all going to be pretty excited about so but these are features you can actually try today so hubspot's goal really is to is to be here okay and what this means is that when you're using a really simple solution for maybe a small business or something that isn't doesn't have a huge amount of functionality but does one thing particularly um Usually, the functionality is really easy, okay? It's um, because it's not that it's a lot easier to design that particular functionality. However, um, for those huge enterprise massive systems, they can be extremely powerful but uh, quite challenging to use. And there's quite a high um, entry level in terms of you need quite experience with it and you need to know, kind of know the ins and outs of the system. So, what HubSpot is aiming to do is to be here. So, we believe we're, we're getting towards your closer with every single update. Um, and that's kind of the goal of what we're trying to do here with some of these new updates. Cool, so these are effectively, um, firstly, these are field level edit permissions. So you can basically uh, see people on your team and determine who can edit uh, contacts on certain records, help them keep your database clean. There is now an online integration for QuickBooks. Um, so I realize not all of these uh, updates be relevant to some people, but if even one or two of them are relevant to you, um, that's a win because we're always trying to solve it for you guys here. Cool. Drag and drop page editing. For anyone who's been using HubSpot for some time, you'll know we've had this in our email um, and forms and everything else for a while. But it's great that it's actually made its way to uh, the landing pages now. So making it a lot easier, a lot more customer friendly uh, on the landing pages, getting us towards more, hopefully closer towards you. Uh, and then partitioning has been a huge update as well. Um, basically, you can separate your marketing assets by team. So every user can have access to certain bits of marketing content. We have adaptive testing now. You can create up to five variations of a page, which is, once again, pretty amazing stuff and quite easy to use, what we, um, we're quite proud of here. Uh, and a huge update, probably the biggest one this quarter, uh, last quarter, I should say, is account-based marketing. So um, you, if you have professional and above you have access to this um, really powerful tool so what it allows you to do effectively is to create target account properties buyer role company tier if there's a whole report library like Sam was speaking about but for account-based marketing uh, company scoring company overview dashboard this is really useful for anyone who has those longer term deals where there's multiple uh, key, point, key points of contact and there's multiple stakeholders internally that takes it takes a long time for a deal to close. So what this does is create a dashboard keep it all in one place. So for example here, so let's say we're clicking to an account, we can see here at um, S2 Bogota, okay, these are the points of contact. So stakeholder, champion, economic buyer, this person's blocker, they're not there, they're championing something else. You can see when the last time we reached out to them, you can see their last engagement, what email they've opened, what page they've been on, uh, do we have any upcoming meetings scheduled with them? And in addition to that as well, you can also see the sessions, conversions, new contacts, all to do with that one particular account. It's pretty powerful stuff. Advanced conversational marketing made a debut as well, just allowing you to trigger web hooks in chat and Facebook Messenger. 
Uh, PySync, this is pretty huge. So it can now sync HubSpot over 200 apps with a few clicks. Um, kind of, this is really in the direction we're trying to go. We're going more and more integrated with the huge app marketplace. Uh, the sales reports are getting much smarter. And Sam covered this in depth quite well there, that the reporting and dashboard functionality is getting better and better. And there's a lot of out of the box, really smart reports that you and your team can, can use. There's a Canva button. This is something I haven't personally used, but a number of my customers have actually built really beautiful emails and pages um, without leaving their HubSpot account using Canva. Um, a friend of mine actually made her wedding invitations using Canva. So if that's uh, not an endorsement, I'm not sure what it is. And then of course, the big workflow updates. So merging branches, uh, which is huge. And then of course, the wait until delays are coming out soon. So to give you a breakdown of what the wait until delay is, um, so effectively, you can now time your workflow steps to trigger. So if your contact is halfway through your workflow and the customer takes an important action like visiting a page or filling out a form, um, you can then trigger another workflow. Or you can then, okay, this person's actually ready to skip to this stage. So it's pretty powerful stuff. That should be coming out pretty soon. Uh, and of course, product custom properties. You can now update your properties um, with, for example, for the unique to your individual companies, which is great for using quotes and anything else to that effect. Uh, form analytics, there's some pretty incredible out of the box analytics and beautiful looking forms, uh, sorry, beautiful looking um, analytics that are out there available for you to use. And of course, social post boosting. So you can give your, um, basically your posts on Facebook, uh, a bit of paid budget boost as well, really simply all through HubSpot. And finally, we have our password protected knowledge articles. So you can control the audience for a certain article by protecting it via password or list. This is currently only available on service of enterprise, um, but I, it's on the roadmap, it's pretty powerful. So guys, that's everything for me. Um, I hope you enjoyed the presentation. I hope there were some actionable takeaways you guys can use. Uh, I'm just gonna stick around for questions. I'm more than happy to answer any questions you guys might have.